You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. All callers are welcome. That's not entirely true, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> but feel free to call in and uh, get stuff off your chest, man. We're rocking and rolling. In fact, let me get my 53 up because I'm hoping we're going to talk a little bit about that and I want to be able to speak intelligibly about it. There we go. Bing, bang, boom. All right, Aaron, let's kick it off, man. Hey, Ryan. This is Aaron. What's up? Um, so uh, I'm thinking about how everything between how far went to Rodgers and then now it's going from Rodgers to Jordan Love is like a direct comparison. And there's it, the links are just The parallels are wild. Yeah. But thinking about it, there's only one thing that I haven't really heard so far that is kind of the like linchpin, the most important part in that transition to make it exactly the same. Okay. And that is, if you remember, that back when it was the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers transition, someone confronted Ted Thompson and said, <laughs> Brett Favre took us to the Super Bowl. The only place that Aaron Rodgers is going to take us is to the toilet bowl. Yeah. So we need someone to do that, but with Brian Gutekunst. And I, I, I don't know Matt Ramage personally, but I think that it would be he would be a very good representation because I didn't know that Brian Gutekunst would not take it seriously in that regard, and that it would just be enjoyable to see Matt Ramage go up to Brian Gutekunst and say the only place that Aaron or Aaron Rodgers took us to the Super Bowl, the only place that Jordan Love is going to take us is to the toilet bowl. Toilet bowl. Um, yep. I just think that would be very enjoyable, um, and. Uh, fun thing for us fans to see. Um, and then I, I think we'd all get a good laugh at that. And, um, yeah, so of all the calls that you skipped over, that was the really only thing that I'm like, that kind of need, needs to be no, said. fair enough. Well, you get recalled in the fat. Um, anyways, also, I'm going to call in with my song later, so that should be fun, right, hopefully. Um, but anyways... Get Matt Ramage on that, because you, you do know him. So, have a good day. Bye. See you later. Um, Wait, no, oh, not bye. No. Shalom. Shalom. Yeah, come on, man. Get in the game. Um, shalom. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, boy. This is taking on its own. It, it, it's an entity that has uh, come into its own here. So, I had two thoughts. One on a more serious note, and one on a more fun note. We'll get the serious stuff out of the way. Um... We, we kind of have had that guy already. I, I guess we can split this into two parts. Number one, I don't think anybody's going to directly confront Brian Gutekunst because we all have seen that clip and nobody wants to be that guy. But nobody needs to be that guy because there's probably about 75,000 of them on social media right now between Facebook and Twitter for the most part. Um, so, yeah, they, they exist. And... Um, 
you know, uh, they, they, they can't talk directly to Brian. I'm sure they've tagged Matt LaFleur and everybody else that they're able to tag. I'm sure they've tagged him. But, uh, yeah, they're they're out there and they're they're making it known how they feel about this Jordan Love situation. Um, Andy Monday, what in the world are you sending me? Dude, this is the funniest freaking thing I've ever seen in my life. So... It's a video, but you kind of don't need to see the video to understand. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. For, for whatever reason, Mr. Andy Monday has sent this to me, and you are now going to have to suffer through it. Ready? Let me replay it, because I can't just restart. It's one of those shorts where there's no little bar. Dang it! Hold on. These stupid short things are so dumb. Why don't they give you the option to go back and forth? And Facebook is, I don't know about the rest of them, but it's like, I'm going to start it muted, and I'm going to start it playing, and you can't back it up. Bro, <laughs> how am I going to hear the first second of a video ever? All right, I got it pretty close. Ready? Here we go. My name's Ryan, and this is Ryan. my friend Ryan. And today we're going to a Ryan meetup. Ryan! Ryan! I'm here with Ryan. It's funny because the guy walked in, yelled Ryan, and people actually did turn around and look. <laughs> Nice to meet you, Ryan. How do you spell your name? R-Y-A-N. What's your favorite part about being Ryan? I like the name. I like the culture. Who's your... <laughs> All right, that's good enough. <laughs> oh, I like the name. I like the culture. <laughs> oh, amen, brother. The Ryan meetup has name tags. <laughs> oh, they all just say Ryan. I want to I wanna go there so bad. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I haven't got through the video. I know exactly what's going to happen here. I already know. He says, more importantly, I'm in a room full of people who know the pain of what it feels like. I know what he's going to say. I already know. It's when you say, hi, my name is Ryan, and they say, hi, Brian. I guarantee you, let's just find out. And that pain is this moment, this moment right here. Nice to meet you. I'm Ryan. Sorry, what'd you say? I'm Ryan. Brian? Ryan. I knew it. I, I freaking knew it. 80% of the time when I introduce myself... They say, oh, hi, Brian. I was like, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. And I didn't realize this was like a worldwide phenomenon. I just thought I had a speech impediment or something. And then I saw it on The Office and I about had a heart attack. This is glorious. I, I need to know. Why? If you guys see a meetup of Ryan's anywhere in the world, let me know. I will travel at my own expense. I will travel to the depths of, of the mountains of Turkey. If they have mountains, I'm not sure. I want to go. And then the video ends with a collage of about 75 people saying, F. Brian. These are my people. These are my people. I wonder if the female Ryan... I'm guessing the female Ryan doesn't get that. But maybe. I don't know. Is Ryan more believable than Brian for a female? I have no idea. I'm sorry. That threw me off. What are we talking about? I think we were done, right? Okay. Uh, Jeff, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. Hey. Jeff from Milwaukee calling in. Sounds What's like up? you need me to call back in. All right. Um, I guess. All I wanted to say was thank you to Jacob for sharing how he treats brisket and how his company prepares it. Just want to say thank you, Jacob. I appreciate you sharing all that information. It was great. Great now. It was great to know. I'm a novice at this, so I appreciate it. And as long as I'm calling in, one thing to consider as far as uh, the defense getting the best of the offense in training camp is that... As you know, this is how it tends to work, right? Um, that first week, it usually is what what we see is the defense comes in more prepared, better, and they end up beating the offense in practice. And I think with the offense being younger, a lot of guys probably swimming in their heads trying to learn the offense. You know, a lot of rookies on that side of the ball, we have more veteran guys on defense side of the ball. This is probably what to expect. But I know the guys on Packers and Scripted say, in all the years we've been doing this, this is always what we see. The defense is out in front of the offense. Now, if we get to the seventh or eighth practice and the offense is still doing up-downs and push-ups because they haven't won a single practice, then maybe I might start to get a little bit concerned. But I guess I'm going to give it some time to see how this plays out. Thanks, Ryan. Well, it is funny because I remember this happened last year. And I remember thinking, boom, there it is. There's that top five defense, son. Turns out I was wrong. The defense sucked. The offense just sucked worse. So that's the hard part about going up against your own team. You don't really know what anything means. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Jordan Love overthrew a guy. There's no positives there. Jordan Love throws a pick. Hey, defense got a pick. There's at least a positive. You could say, you know, the defense did something incredible there. 
Maybe, maybe it wasn't, but we can at least pretend that that was the case. So yeah, I, I, I don't know that we're going to learn a ton in terms of how good the team is in, in any of this. I mean, really, I mean, there, there is no point in training camp where you really learn anything. I mean, even if you look at Jair, like he's locking everybody down. Okay, is that because our wide receivers are really bad? I mean, we know he's good, right? But is he so good he's going to lock down good wide receivers? Elite wide receivers? Or only bad wide receivers, which happens to be our case? I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying maybe that is the case. How do you know? You don't know anything. You never learn anything playing against yourself. So it's exciting. You like to see it. You can kind of rank things like Jair's better than this person and that person's better than this person. You know, Lucas Van Ness beats Zach Tom. It's like, all right, well, you kind of have a baseline of what Zach Tom is. It didn't happen. I'm just, I'm just saying. So you, you kind of try to build this thing in your brain in terms of where things are, but you don't really know. And then when preseason comes along, you kind of try to get a better glimpse, but you don't. You still don't know. Vanilla offense, vanilla defense, and your, you know, half your starters aren't even playing, and the ones that do play for a quarter, and then it's the backups, and it's like, yeah, but then, and then, you know, we pull our backups before they pull theirs, and it's like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> so we won't know until the, you know, rubber meets the road on that one. But yeah, it would be nice to have the offense win one one of these days. They've had uh, three practices, three and a half ish, three and a walkthrough. And um, so far, the offense is over three. However, they have gotten better every single week. And by they, I mean Jordan Love, which I think is pretty much all that matters. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I've literally never listened to a show that Rich Eisen has been on. I think he's been on free games and stuff that I've seen probably, but um, don't like watch like his weekly shows or anything. Um, but from the clips I've heard you play, I think I conclude now that the guy is an idiot. Um, Who are we but, talking about? NFL Network can never get rid of him because he, like, started this, you know, he was the face when the network first came on air, so he's, like, their guy. But, um, so they're never going to get rid of him. But, yeah, but anyway, if his, you're going over his, uh, one thing, and he's talking about how you need the running back to get that yard. Well, if the running back... Oh, Rich Eisen? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't, I... It's just not really my form of entertainment. It seems, like, very casual... You know, which I think is is what a lot of the networks appeal to. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive for, to those that listen, but it it seems like the kind of talk when guys are just kind of sitting around the bar just talking, you know? Just having a beer, just talking like, come on, man, those running backs, man, what, what, what do you do when you need a yard? You give it to the running back and they slam it down your throat. Ah, running backs. It's not very intellectual. It's just It's just talking, you know? It's just guys just talking crap. Just spouting off at the mouth just because you can. You're a little liquored up, you know? That's that's the kind of stuff you get from Eisen, I think. That could get that yard. Um, on third and one, teams would just run it every time. You wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts wouldn't need to sneak it every time on third and fourth and one yeah. because they don't think the running back can do it. Teams wouldn't be passing on third and fourth and one, which happens all the time. I'm kind of curious. Third down or fourth down and one yard. Uh, what percentage of the, time, of the time is the ball actually ran like with the running back? And not like an end round or QB sneak. I, you probably can't find that actually because it's probably just going to QB sneak still considered a run. But even just that, like, I bet it's pretty close to 50 50 that it's passed. So, um, and then, you know, the team does run it on third or fourth and one and they get stuffed. And if they have a quarterback like a Rodgers from home, that's all, oh, how could you not put the, put the ball in your quarterback's hands in this situation? You know, so it's like, get, get out of here with this nonsense. Like, can we, can we use any kind of brain power? But, hey. That's not what people are here for, you know, there. Anyway, go back up. Yeah, and if I had the SIS thing, I'd, I'd look it up, but I don't have that anymore. Um, I could try to play with this uh, whatever to try to get it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to look at some point into getting an answer maybe tomorrow. Um, but I am in Packernet after dark mode where I don't look into things. But let me, let me give you one example um, in terms of things that seem to be common sense that you know the 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 populace at large jumps on something as the dumbest thing they've ever heard and then the stats people come out and they're like actually that's what you're supposed to do the chicago bears i'm pretty sure it was the bears um they were i think on the goal line and um they go into shotgun and i think they hand the ball off from shotgun and they don't end up getting in and everybody loses their mind even I at the time was like, you freaking idiots, why'd you go in shotgun? 
You're on the goal line. Just get under the center and push. Um, and that was, I mean, Chicago Bears media lost it. Everybody lost it. Until eventually, the stats people came out and they're like, actually, the success rate is higher when you play out a shotgun. They get into some of the nuance of it, of, of these different things that happen, and you know you can kind of read things, or whatever the case may be, I don't really know. But the bottom line is the numbers are the numbers. In these situations, if you look at out of shotgun compared to not in shotgun, and I did, because again, I had the SIS thing at the time, I looked it up, sure enough, there's a higher success rate out of shotgun when you're further away from the goal line than when you're like you know under center running the ball or sneaking it or whatever the case may be so it seems counterintuitive it seems obvious again you you can belly up to the bar and just start belching out stuff that you feel makes sense in your gut without you know you never really looked it up or anything it just seems to make sense you need that yard you, you give it to your running back and you smash it up the hole Right? Same thing. Ah, you don't run out of shotgun in the goal line, you idiot! Well, actually, you do. And yeah, the, the way the NFL is moving today, I don't know exactly what the best thing to do when you're in, you know, fourth and one. I know the NFL has moved a lot more toward passing. I remember when the Packers would do it early on with Rodgers, and I thought it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. The, I mean, the Packers being as good at passing as they were, it was like, this was, they were like the only team that would pass on third and short. Like, that that just didn't happen. The Packers are freaking crazy, though. They would do it. Now it's common. Everybody does it. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know that, that passing is better than running. I'm just saying I don't know that it is or isn't or whatever I said. I don't remember how I phrased the sentence. And neither does Rich Eisen. He has no idea. He's just, he's just saying stuff. He's just talking to talk. Very dramatic flair, you know? And to be fair, he, he would be, you know, a great guy to have out at the bar with your buddies. He'd be the center of attention. He'd be telling some great stories and keeping everybody entertained. You know, if you were taking some clients out for business, you'd love to have Rich Eisen. Real smooth talker the whole nine yards. But if you actually want to learn about football, I don't know Rich Eisen is the best place to go. And to be fair, it's entirely possible that a lot of these guys know a lot more than they let on, that they actually are more intelligent, but they dumb themselves down for the sake of what they're doing. Especially especially for guys like Rich, because... He's always Mr. Positive, right? Well, the, the, the running backs, they want more money. So he's going to come in, he's going to support the running backs, and he's just going to say stuff. He might know that what he's saying is, is nonsense, but it doesn't matter. He's, he's a, and he knows nobody's going to bite back, and if they do, they're just haters, you know? Oh, what, oh yeah, you, you want to support the rich billionaires instead of the running backs. You just throw some stupid trope out there, and then everyone goes after them, and he just goes on his merry way. He doesn't care. He might know that what he said is dumb, but the bottom line is whether he's willingly ignorant or ignorant of his ignorance these are the kinds of shows that i like to go watch just so i can have something to rant about because they say so much nonsense there's so much garbage it's real easy to just sit there and just swing at it all day long but there are some really really i mean people that they'll they'll lay stuff out and i'm just i'm just in a trance i mean pff people want to make fun of pff it's hilarious go look at some of the research studies that they've done it's unbelievable data scientists they're, they're kind of cutting-edge brilliant when it comes to football. But yet you got these, you know, troglodytes living in mommy's basement. Well, PFF, watch the tape, bro. I have Mr. Numberman send me PFF stuff all the time. You know how many times I've read start to finish these PFF articles? Zero times. They're so in-depth. There's so much stuff. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm skimming. I'm skimming here. There's a chart. Okay, I get that. Don't really understand this. Got it. Okay, cool. Got I got it well enough. I don't need to freaking holy cow. You know, five thirty eight and some of these other these other places. I mean, they're doing actual hardcore research. Harvard. I don't I don't think they still do it, but I remember Harvard had a thing where they would do, you know, stuff like this. Um, and then and then just interspersed throughout are just individuals who are like me. I mean, not like me, but just individuals who are like, I'm just going to go do this thing because I want to. I'm you know I'm not employed to do it. And they try to make their way doing that. And these guys are brilliant. You can learn a ton of stuff. And again, it depends. You know, I'm, I'm talking mostly in the data realm. You know, Clayton goes down more of the film realm. We're kind of the polar opposite ends of, the, of that spectrum. But whatever it is you're looking to learn, you can learn it. You're not going to find it on ESPN. You're not going to find it on, you know, what, what, whatever other net, networks are out there paying massive untold millions of dollars. Maybe occasionally they'll have somebody come in and, and break down a route or something. But if you actually want to learn that, just go find people that do it. 
I've, I mean, I've done that too. It's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn a little bit. I, I spent uh, a couple days ago, I spent the, the whole day. It's an exaggeration, but I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to watch you. I'm just, as I'm doing like podcast stuff and everything else, I'm just going to have this YouTube video after video after video going through about zone defense and everything else. You'll learn more in a 15 minute video than watching ESPN for a month. So whatever. I mean, if you just want background noise of somebody talking generalities and, and just kind of basic news, like, oh, so-and-so went to the Jets and this guy's talking about this and here's the drama over here. Like, okay, I get that. But I'm just not interested in what Rich Eisen has to say about things, I guess, is the, the main crux. Hey, Ryan, I had called early on in all this running back talk. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, running backs uh, should basically be adjusted where they're like, rookie, pay, rookie contract pay scale is different than everybody else. And after everything you say, and I realize you, you probably played that call and like vehemently disagreed with me, which is fine. And I, I agree. I get 100% of where you're coming from, and I agree with everything you're saying. But I guess the more to my point, I guess I think that their rookie deals should likely be slightly higher paying. I'm not saying go crazy with it, but because for every other position, in my opinion, I can't see any other position where it's not this way, but for every other position, the player's value is maximized after their rookie deal, so they, they you know, they get paid accordingly. Um, whereas running backs, your value is maximized during your rookie contract. You know, like, there's very few running backs that are better in the four years after their rookie deal than those four years during their rookie deal. So, I guess my thought is just that, like, you know, like, that's other players' earning window comes after that. Their earning window is that time. So it kind of kind of screws them in a way. And I, I, I do mean theory. It's not, it's not always about being fair or everything, but um, I don't know. It's just unfortunate, I guess, for running backs. But it is the way it is. Like you, like you said, you know, the, the game is changing, going a different way, um, and stuff like that. So anyway, you're probably talking about training camp stuff and wondering why is Trevor calling about this stupid nonsense, but. Go back um. Yeah. So I, I, again, I, I I don't disagree that there's a disparity in terms of that aspect of things. Well, I, I think it's just an overblown aspect. In other words, even if that wasn't the case, let's just say we could defy biology, and there was some kind of a pill that running backs could take, and they peaked at age 28, or you know, like like wide receivers probably do, or 29, or whatever. Um. And so now their their peak is is after the rookie contract. I don't I don't exactly know what the peak ages are. I, I'm I'm it's another thing I really need to dig into so I can get some definitive answers rather than just kind of postulating. But but again, I, I don't think it would make that big of a difference. Because again, everything that I've said so far is about the value of the running back himself and, and his value. And and it, it has to do with running being a less valuable proposition as well as how little this running back impacts even the running game, which is a devalued option for the offense. So passing is better than running by a significant margin, right? Then you have running. Then there's a question of how valuable is this running back to our running abilities? And there's a passing component too, but let's just stay focused on this. How valuable is this person? Well, there's some components. And we've already, I've already laid out for, for over the course of however many years, you know, data can pretty much predict. If you tell me the... The uh, the yard line, I think it was, and uh, the you know how much you're down by point differential. I think I think those are the two very. I can tell you the for that year what the uh, yards per attempt was from like the 49 yard line down five points or something. Running is unbelievably predictable, regardless of the running backs that are in the NFL in aggregate. But still, I mean, it's it's not going to be that way for passing. But there's there's some other components. Number one, I think I I believe. Have to have to dig back into this. I believe the case is offensive line is more important than running backs when it comes to running well. And I don't think that's massively disputed. Number two, replaceability. How much more uh, how much more of a benefit do you provide? So you know what I mean? Like th- these are all layers and, and, and your value gets devalued every single time. For the, f- the, f- the fact that you're more about running than passing, boom, we're cutting your pay massively. You're in the run portion way more than the pass portion then your value in the run game is significantly slashed because the offensive line contributes, you know, 75% of your success. Okay, then there's a question of how much more successful are you than the guy nipping at your heel or a guy that I can go get in the draft? 
in the fourth round. But by the time you're done stripping all these things away, there's no value left. So, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that is a component that factors in. It has to, to some degree. I just think it's an overblown aspect of all of this. And, and the reason I say that is, if we all focus on the wrong things, they're going to try to change the wrong things, and, and they're not going to get the desired result. Which is why, I, as I mentioned, if they try to shift the, the rules where you, it's only two years, you're going to get all the negative effects of that. And there's a lot of them with almost none of the positive effects because you're miscalculating your value overall. You think you're valuable. It's just that you're eight, you're too old. That's not true. You're not valuable, period. I mean, you know, you, you are to some degree. Just it's not as much as you think you are. I know you score touchdowns. You're the one that gets the fantasy points. I get it. But I, I just don't think... There's, there's very much value in the running backs themselves. So there is a disparity, there is a difference, but I, I don't think it's, it's a massively relevant point overall. It's a very minute part of the discussion that, that really, even if we could change it, is not going to change the dynamics of things very much. That's my belief. I'm, I'm, I guess I don't know that a thousand percent, but I'm very confident in that. Ryan, it's uh, Aaron from Eau Claire. I just wanted to uh, say I've been enjoying your... Camp coverage. It's nice to hear Thank kind you. of the play-by-play thoughts about these players, uh, interpreted by somebody who's been covering them for a long time. So thank you for that. Um, I was just listening to you talk about the supposed pay cut Aaron Rodgers is taking for the Jets, and um, you were mentioning how it's kind of uh, just a big kind of f you to Brian Gutekunst, and um, I just wanted to chime in and say. You know, for somebody who's around 40 years old, I think it seems a little immature to me um, to be having this public feud and trying to just go after. I mean, even if someone did something that hurts you or whatever, um, it's really almost never the best idea to go back after them, get all this revenge, especially. I would be willing to bet. Is considering Aaron Rodgers is a spiritual person, whatever that means in, in his mind, you're not going to find a lot of religions, let's say, or spiritual gurus or whatever, that don't have this principle embedded in it. You know, things like forgiveness, uh, letting things go, turn the cheek, all that. I don't think um, dedicating your life to vengeance is a very popular spiritual teaching. In fact, I would be willing to bet, we'd have to go back and pour through his book club, I would be willing to bet that the books he reads don't really preach that stuff either. But we absolutely know 100%. I mean, we've been talking about it the entire time he's been here. He's a guy who has a tremendous chip on his shoulder. His entire life, he's played with a chip on his shoulder. Furious at the 49ers. He treated Mike McCarthy like crap because he was a part of the 49ers that passed on him. He constantly gave him crap about that. He couldn't let it go. So, again, I, I don't care what you want to do with your life. I do get a little bit annoyed with the complete phoniness of it all, this enlightened state that he's in, yet even on a very basic human level, we can't do things like, you know, forgiveness, turning the cheek, letting things go, whatever. And again, I'm not saying directly that I, I know that this is an F.U. to Brian Gutekunst, but one way or another it is. To some degree, it has to be. Even if he doesn't feel that that's what it is, He's absolutely doing something for this team that he never would have done for the other one. So at the very least, what the Jets are witnessing is Aaron Rodgers not in a state of FU, which is not what we experienced over here. When it's workplace stuff, like it's not like Brian Gutekunst did something, you know, egregiously horrible. It was just a miscommunication or or whatever. It's like he he did pay Aaron Rodgers a lot of money. Um and and ultimately tried to, you know, make that whole thing work. Um, so for Aaron Rodgers to just just have such lack of willingness to just move on, uh, it just seems petty to me. It seems immature. Um, it seems honestly like a midlife crisis as well. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I'll show them. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so I don't know, just uh, kind of agree with you that, you know, it's fine for him to take a pay cut, but I think he thinks that it's a 
thinks of it more as a uh, act of retribution or whatever than it, than something good. So it's kind of like, is it really that great of a thing for him to do if it's if it's actually to get back at someone else? I don't know. All right, that's it. All right, and, and we've heard the story. He wanted to retire, and then he got pissed off at the Packers, and he said, you know what, no, I want to go to the Jets, right? So we're, we're not stupid. We know exactly what this whole thing is. That doesn't mean there isn't some duality to it where he genuinely wants to win. He genuinely enjoys being a Jet. Two things can be true at once, but there, I don't think there's any denying or, or doubting that the resurgence of energy that he got to play didn't come from just this inherent thing of i just really want to compete i just want to be a player and all that it came from oh 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 you want me gone okay f you i'm not retiring i'm gonna go play for the jets but um yeah i mean the the i had made the point you talked about how gutekunst paid rogers i made the point before when i talked about you know everything rogers did was from a point of proving something proving people wrong shoving it in Gutekunst's ear, whatever. It just it just felt like this feeling of anger. It wasn't from a place of what's best for the team, what's best for the Packers, what's best for, for anything like that. It was always about Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't like that with Gutekunst. Gutekunst did what was best for the team. And I'm sure there were people that rolled their eyes. Let me give you a very specific example. You just said it. Gutekunst and Rodgers hated each other. Very, there seems to be very little doubt about that. Hate is a strong word, maybe it's a little too strong, but they, they clearly didn't want to have to work together anymore. Aaron Rodgers tried to get Gutekunst fired, not based on his performance, based on how he quote-unquote treats people, which is a completely bunk theory. Completely bunk. Part of the issue that he doesn't like, and again, he doesn't care how guys like Jonathan Garvin got treated, got cut on his birthday. Rodgers couldn't give a crap about that. It was about guys like Jordy Nelson, who in his mind are better than everybody else and deserve a certain level of treatment on the way out, which, of course, there's no way he could define that because, as we've said before, if you offer too little, that's offensive. If you don't offer anything, that's offensive. So the only thing you could do is offer them a contract that they're not worth, and, and that's stupid. But again, Rogers trying to get Gutekunst fired was not about what's best for the team. It's about, you crossed me, now I'm going to come after you. Gutekunst did not want Rodgers on this team. He doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. He gave him a contract anyways. He went to California and groveled and he tried to do it again even this time around like hey let's get together and meet and Aaron Rodgers ignored him why because despite what Brian Gutekunst wants on a personal level he has a job to do and his job is to do what's best for the Green Bay Packers Brian Gutekunst's focus is on making the team that I love better Aaron Rodgers focus was Aaron Rodgers and again, sometimes that works out when he's mad and he's just tearing up the league. But for the most part, it's not. Because unfortunately, this is why I said Aaron Rodgers should just go play golf. This is a team sport. And just focusing on yourself and screw everybody else is not how teams win football games. It's certainly not how teams win championships. So it's unfortunate that it went down that road. It's unfortunate we went to uh, Mr. Diva. But, you know, when you got a half a billion dollars in your bank account, I guess... <laughs> I guess it's hard to maintain those hometown, small-town roots, even though I don't think he was ever from a small town. Is Chico small? Nah, it's 100000 right now. It was, uh, see, 1990, it was 40000 So, yeah, it's not massive, but wouldn't call it a small town. But anywho, why don't we go ahead and, and take a break. Uh, big shout-out to Aaron Henderstrom. Head, Headenstrom. That's, a, that's quite an arrangement of letters there. But I appreciate your support on Patreon. Thank you also to Mr. Aaron Nelson for upping your pledge. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for your support. And uh, Mr. Numberman, I see you sent a bunch of stuff. I will, after I get done doing this um, recording, I'll start sifting through some of the stuff you sent me. I really appreciate all that. You guys are going to have to hear me talk more about running backs, I think, because you're sending me more stuff. <laughs> but uh, also, please remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com. They're offering free shipping on some big old boxes of meat. These are high-quality, grass-fed uh, cows. And so if you're interested in uh, having some of that sent directly to your doorstep, please consider checking them out. Again, this is a, uh, a friend of mine that started up a new business, and now he is in a co-op with a bunch of other people. So just trying to help him out and what his efforts are and whatnot. Excited for him to uh, see his dreams come to fruition. But also, Packer 10 is the promo code, so you'll get 10% off. That's capital P. Packer 10 for 10% off. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan. I wanted to uh, chime in on uh, day two of training camp. Sure. Um, I really really have mixed feelings about the videos being leaked out by Big B, and uh, here's my thoughts on that. Okay. Um, it kind of takes a little bit of the element of surprise, uh, away from maybe in preseason or even in the regular season if they hadn't planned on kind of revealing that play being used by Reed. And maybe they wanted to, uh, keep that under wraps for, uh, reasons that, you know, other teams don't know what they're going to throw at them. So I, for me, I kind of, I don't have a problem with them keeping some of this stuff under wraps because, you don't want the other teams knowing what they're they're planning. They don't. You don't want the other teams knowing how good the play looks with this certain player or anything. You know, it, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, man, I, I kind of like to keep the strategy, you know, behind the curtain a little bit. And uh, as much as I'm eager to see guys running plays and stuff, I guess I just I would rather you know strategically just keep that under wraps. So that's that's my opinion on that. Uh, the cool thing, I think, coming from watching some of the videos was watching uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both running simultaneously a, uh, a pass route and catching the ball and running down the field and giving each other a high five at the end of the uh, of their routes. Um, that's what I like seeing. I like seeing these guys having fun. And uh, if these guys can have fun and play loose, I think they will play better. So... Not with the the scowling Aaron uh, Rodgers yelling at them for uh, you know doing something stupid. So I think these guys are going to play looser, and uh, I think it will help them mentally going into the game. And uh, I look forward to seeing how uh, training camp day three goes. I'll try to give you a sideline report uh, with an interview from Jordan Love. Right. Hopefully that will come in tomorrow. I'm out. I'm still. Waiting on that. I don't know what we're talking about, but it sounds cool. You should fill me in. Um, so I'm glad you called in about that because I wanted to talk about it and uh, I didn't think of it, although it would have been a good topic for the recording tomorrow. Uh, anyways, I th- as far as the, um, the secrecy thing, there isn't a single video that Big B or anybody else, there's a few other people that are posting. I saw Big B posted one from Training Camp Day 3 
Um, but there's some other guys that I'm not even retweeting them because I'm like, if I retweet it and it becomes popular, um, I think I, I retweeted one and then I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Then they're going to get caught and they're not going to do this and I want them to keep posting these videos. So I'm just going to try to keep it to myself selfishly. Um, and if he does end up getting in trouble, I'll just be like, dude, just send it to my DM, man. I don't, I, I won't publish it and just record it, send it to me. Don't tell anybody. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a dollar. There, there isn't a single play that I didn't already know took place before Big B posted it. We just got to see it. Everybody knew that there was an, uh, an end around to Jaden Reed before the video because 17 different beat writers said that it happened. And if they didn't do it, there's 500 people. I don't know. It's probably not that many. There's a lot of people in the stands watching that are also tweeting and, and can talk about it and everything else, right? And if it was that serious, of course, they could send scouts out to, to check this up. But they're not going to because it's not that serious. Um, I actually think I, I come at it from the opposite perspective. I, I think it's a disservice to the Packers. It's not even just the fans, although it would be great for the fans because um, I, I do understand – my my initial stance was this on this was who cares what the fans want? I want to win football games, and if it gives us an advantage, then then that's what we're going to do. And I appreciate that the the Packers are very strict in that regard, but I I don't see any reason why it would be a negative. Um, anything you want to do in secret, you shouldn't do in front of you know hundreds of fans as well as media members who are live tweeting every single play that's happening. Right? If you got a secret, don't do it. Do it on those days when you don't have media people there. And if that's the case, then why can't you just take video of it? I think at the very least, their social media team should be allowed to take videos. They should take video. And they should put out every single thing that happens. Every other team has got highlight video. How, how viral did that uh, Anthony uh, Richardson video go? Where he's rolling out to his left and just bombs a pass out to, uh, what's his name, Alec Pearson or Alec whatever. Um, it was a beautiful play, and he got tons of hype. Jordan Love needs that. I think he really does need that, and he's got some great plays, and all we get is Bear fans talking about, oh, it turns out this guy can't throw a spiral, and oh, he threw a pick, and he can't do nothing, and and Bears fans are are, post, are spreading like wildfire. All these touchdowns, Justin Fields to uh, to DJ, uh, DJ Moore. Over and over and over, these videos are coming out. Everybody else is getting hyped up. Jordan Love's getting nothing. And then, and here's, here's the reason why I really started to believe that. When I see the videos, it puts the tweets to shame. They're always significantly better than what you're envisioning. Like I said, with the interception. Not, I'm sure the social media team wouldn't post the intercept. Maybe they would because it's a, it's a highlight. But when I saw that, I thought, oh, that wasn't that bad. I mean, of course, an interception is always terrible, but it's not what I was envisioning, which is Jordan Love just making a boneheaded decision. You know, he got tipped at the line or something. It wasn't at the line. It hit the receiver in the chest. And some of these passes, I mean, just think of, of how beneficial that could be. And, you know, uh, Andrew Brandt actually talked about it. I didn't play it on that clip, but um, he, sa he, he basically said that comes from Ted Thompson, the whole not recording practice thing. And um, his stance was just nothing good comes of it. And, and again, I, to some degree, appreciate that. I, I have a job to do, and my job is to make this team awesome. And everything I do is, 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 does this make my team better? And if the answer is no, I'm not doing it. What benefit is it for people to be sending out videos of what we're doing in practice? There's no benefit. Even if it's a minor negative, we're not doing it. Now, again, I don't generally agree. I think it's, I think it's completely minor. But I think, you know, he's saying it's, you know, Ted Thompson as well as coaches. Coaches don't want this stuff getting out. And I think in Green Bay, you got coaches like Mike McCarthy saying, you know, no, I'd rather we don't have people taking video of this and sending it out all over the internet. And Ted Thompson's like, good, I don't want to do it anyways. And that was that, you know. But I, I do think at the very least, the social media team should be working in overdrive. Now, there, I'm sure there'd be an uproar. Oh, 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 you could release the videos, but we can't. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly the case. We don't want you taking videos. We get to hand select things. If there's things we don't want put out there because we're doing something, which of course they're not running secret plays in front of hundreds of people, but that could be the excuse. We we, we need to hand select things and, and make sure that things that we don't want getting out are getting out. And so, yeah, we're just going to show a couple highlights and get it out there. And that's that. But there's, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that, especially since no offense to Big B, those videos suck <laughs> because he's sitting over in the stand somewhere. I can't see anything. You know, and then we're getting slow motion shots 
on the sideline of, of DJ Moore catching touchdown passes and you know every other team we're just getting highlight after highlight after highlight Packers get nothing so yeah I'm I'm pretty firmly in the camp of these things should be allowed to be recorded there is no secret information I I, I guarantee you the coaches are so busy they're not combing through 31 other teams practices to see what's going on and, and if they really want to know they can very easily just look at the tweets of social media in fact there probably are people doing that personnel groupings and everything else but but you're going to see that in the preseason and then what you know it, you, there's this big unveil in week one and then after that it's it's gone so i'm i'm slightly torn on it from a standpoint of yeah you know that the only thing that matters is winning and, and and if it gives us a slight edge then let's do it but but i just can't envision a possible negative and i do see some positives especially with Jordan Love and, and this team needing a little bit of hype. Because um, right now the, the narrative is the Packers suck, the offense looks like garbage, Jordan Love looks like trash, and we have nothing to counteract that. They need to get on that PR train and, and start uh, pushing a little bit. Because I think it's just kind of absurd, the idea that we can't record these things. Packernet, what's going on? What uh, Jacob here called in a couple of times during the season last year. Welcome back. I uh, want to show some love to Packard at After Dark before I ask my question. Uh, shout out to everybody out there. Thank this you. is my favorite time of the year. I personally love training camp. Uh, my question, uh, I'm not sure if somebody already brought this up and I missed it, but I am subscribed to the Herd podcast, so I see all these Colin Coward podcasts, and he has all these players that do podcasts. And Darius Slay has a podcast called Big Play Slayer, something like that. And he had... Packers cornerback Rasul Douglas on this week. Right. So naturally, uh, anytime I see a Packers player do an interview, I want to watch or listen to it because that's just what I like. And one takeaway I saw in the interview, if you guys ever watch, uh, the, listen to the podcast, he has Rasul on. There's a lot of banter. You know, it was mostly them just kind of shooting the crap. But talking one thing basketball. I thought was cool was Rasul was talking about how he got his spot playing for the Packers. And it came down to Kevin King got hurt. He comes in and makes a play, and apparently King got healthier the next week. And Rasul said that on most teams, uh, you know, whoever the highest paid guy is in that position, which Kevin King was getting more than him, he was kind of bummed out because he, he knew that in most situations, you know, that guy gets his spot back. But uh, one thing he said was that Matt LaFleur came over during practice and pretty much was like, hey, man, if you don't want to be the starting corner, just tell me right now and we're going to move you out of here. Uh, but the best players play here. And just kind of hearing him say that was cool. Nice. You know, I'm not sure. My question is, after all this, if Mike McCarthy was the coach, would we have gotten Rasul Douglas yeah. or would we have gotten Kevin King? That's because I think we would have – I don't think Rasul would have gotten his playing time. I think King would have came back and we would have just had King. So, you know, it's the little things, man. Uh, we might not have had a Rasul Douglas breakout year. Uh, had Mike McCarthy been the coach, shoot, we might still have Kevin King, but that's my question. <laughs> Would Rasul have gotten the starting job had Mike McCarthy been the coach? Well, I can say with 100% certainty, if Rasul Douglas was an undrafted free agent, um, we would never have had Rasul. Being that he was picked up in free agency, maybe, but I don't think he was a big money free agent. In fact, I know that he wasn't. He never really did all that much as far as like being a prominent corner. I mean, he was, he was okay, I think, one year but yeah, I, I mean, that that was my biggest frustration. It always seemed to be corner, too. We had so many good undrafted free agent corners and everything else that would come in. But yeah, I mean, when when, when the big money guys were there, um, and maybe that's why maybe that's why Rodgers kind of yearned for the McCarthy days, because McCarthy was, if nothing else, I mean, he, he was true to his guys. And, and by his guys, I mean, like, you know, the, the veterans. It, it's kind of like when uh, Lucas Van Ness came over, and it's like, well, you've never been a starter. It's like, well, I mean... Yeah, I, I technically didn't start the game because that they gave that honor to the the seniors, but I 100% was the number one edge rusher on the team. I played the most snaps. Trying to get dead weight off of that team under McCarthy was just impossible. It was just a pile of dead weight coaches, we had dead weight players that we just couldn't offload. It was just unbelievable, man. Maybe that was a Ted thing too. I I, I don't know, but I I 100% get your point, and I think you're probably right that Kevin King would have been back out on the field. I must have missed that part. I don't know if I, I... I think I saw the recording, so I must have just been zoning out, doing other stuff during that part or something. I don't know. Did watch the interview, though. Pretty good. This is Garrett, the mailman, on that uh, training day three on the sideline reporter, Woo! giving you the hot news of uh, what's happening today. And 
I'm here talking with uh, Jordan Love after they concluded their uh, final practice, and he has a few things to say about uh, what Ryan Schlipp had to say about oh, him not doing so well in practice. I mean, simple as that. It ain't about that. <laughs> what? It's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's, 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 it's easy to, to, to talk about. It's easy to sum it up. We just talk about practice. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. But coach, I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Man, we're talking about practice. Well, that's it, Ryan. Jordan thinks that uh, talking about practice is one thing and his ups and downs, but uh, there you go. This is Garrett the Mailman on Sideline Reporter. I'm out. Well, I, I appreciate that, Garrett. And uh, Jordan, uh, thanks for, for speaking with us. I, I appreciate that. Feel free to call in 608-501-0718. Jordan or, or whoever, whatever your name is, sir. Um, thanks for that. Garrett's back with another sideline. I can't wait to see who we're talking to now. This is uh, Garrett the Mailman doing sideline reports again, coming from to uh, come to you from Green Bay. Uh, we're here now, uh, wanting to talk to, uh, Coach Matt LaFleur. And, uh, first question, uh, I want to ask you, Matt, is, uh, do you think this team can, uh, make the playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Well, there you have it. <laughs> they are just hoping to win a game. I'm out. Wow. Wow. Well, again, Matt, thank you so much for, Taking the time and talking with us and, and giving us that insight, that horrible, horrific, scary, terrifying insight. Hey, it's Garrett the Millman doing sideline reporting at uh, training camp. Hey, and Garrett. here's my final interview uh, talking to uh, the Jander mm. and what he thinks about uh, playing the Bears in the first game opening the season. Well, we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. Well, I guess he thinks we let him off the hook, okay. so let's uh, let's not do that. Let's play really good our first game opener, and uh, let's take it to him, guys. I'm out. All right, Garrett and the janitor, thank you guys so much for those incredible insights. Speaking of uh, the janitor, we have our own janitor with some thoughts on life. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Joe. Joe. The janitor. The janitor. From Connecticut. Connecticut. So, how's it going, bud? Good, how are you? Oh, that's good to hear. Good. Glad you're good. Yep. Yep. Anyway, um, I guess uh, questions were uh, recently asked by a caller, an unnamed caller. I didn't really recognize the voice, so okay. I'm not sure. But you accusing they me had of something? some questions for Joe the janitor. Uh, they said they had some questions, yet I couldn't find a question asked. Um, oh, okay. why they can't seem to find... Pap's Blue Ribbon. There you go. Um, I have no idea, sir. I'm pretty sure it has nothing to do with Bud Light because um, the people that used to drink Bud Light probably switched over to something similar, like uh, Coors Light Ugh. or something like that. You get what I'm saying. Pap's Blue Ribbon, that is more like a Bud Heavy, which would be a Budweiser Red. Um, yeah, Pap's Blue is a real beer. It's not water. Um, anyway... I don't drink anymore, but I'm I'm signing off on everything. And by the way, Coors is it tastes like a tin can and it's disgusting. Um, so I just just wanted to put that out there. But PBR is fantastic. Another um, yeah, another question you had. Oh, never mind. You only had one. Um, Falling Down was a movie that was recommended with Michael Douglas. They have seen the movie. Can't relate. Um, but I had time to touch on with the Packers. You know. Oh, man. You know, I like that Aaron Rodgers is helping out the Jets, you know. But let's not forget about this guy. <clears throat> he's he's the same guy that held Green Bay hostage for years and then complained openly like a child about not having enough help. He is also the guy who played more like a backup quarterback in big playoff moments. 
if I'm the Packers organization, this is more proof that trading Rodgers is good riddance. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, he could have done similar things with the Packers, <laughs> so they, they could have reloaded and put more competitive roster around him. But <clears throat> instead, he held out for every last penny. And he ended up it ended up costing us us dearly. Um, Adams was traded to Vegas <clears throat> during the last off season, and it, large part was because we couldn't afford him um, because of what Aaron Rodgers was getting paid. So I don't know the divorce between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers coming when it did is the best for both sides. Honestly, and <clears throat> as the old saying goes, all good things must come to an end. Eventually, um, he seems to be happy with the Jets, and and I'm just excited about the beginning of the Jordan Love era in Green Bay. God bless them saving 35 million. I could care less. Anywho, shalom. Shalom. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, not super thrilled with how certain things were handled, but if you think about it. This may end up just working out perfect for everybody, with with the only thing being an uncomfortable cap situation for the Packers, right? Again, we're we're paying for two years to get one pretty not great year. Um, what are we paying? Forty million bucks for him to go to the Jets right now. But uh, aside from that, right? And, and again, well, you know, Gutekunst should have cut him a few years ago. What, what would have happened if we did that? As far as Jordan Love, though. If, as I said before, if Jordan Love pans out, this might have just been the best possible thing for everybody. We we get our two MVP years from Rodgers. We had to suffer the one bad year as well as this terrible contract. That's a negative. But Jordan Love gets another year to sit. He gets another year. I mean, I guess the best thing would have been to move on after 2021 and let Jordan take over last year. But whatever. Maybe he would have been terrible last year. He wasn't quite ready, right? He just, just got to put the bow on it. So we get Jordan. On the contract that he gets, which is great, he kind of takes off, does his thing. We're rocking and rolling. We're looking to the future, right? You know, it's, we got some bumps and stuff in there, but we're we're excited for the future because it's a very young team. Everybody we're expecting to get better. Jordan Love in year two, Christian Watson year three, Romeo Dobbs year three, Jaden Reed year two, right? Um, Aaron Rodgers is in a situation he prefers. He got the defense that he wants, maybe. Um, he got his number one receiver back with Garrett Wilson like he had with Devontae, so he's kind of got some of that going. He's got Hackett back, who's his old buddy who's just going to let him do whatever he wants. Um, and he's in New York, so he gets to live the high life. You know, He's given a pay cut, so he's just loved and beloved. And everybody at the Jets over there is like, this guy's great. Packer fans are idiots, man. This guy's he's so generous, and he gives pay cuts and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. We're idiots. You guys are great. It's exactly what he's always done here. But really, I mean, what, what, where's the negative? It's an uncomfortable cap thing in a year, which, I mean, let's think about it. Take away his cap hit. What are we going to do with that money? What do you want to do with that money if we had it? 40 million bucks, what are you going to do? Who are you going to go get? There's not 40 million dollars worth of talent out there. I don't know if there's a single guy I want, period. I think I outlined two that I would maybe be interested in. And guess what? We can afford them right now. The reality is we're going to let the young guys play. We're going to let them develop. We're going to find out what we have. Next year, we're going to reload again in the draft like you do every year, but hopefully with another first-round draft pick. And we're going to have all that money because Aaron Rodgers, despite one painful year, essentially, because, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's two years, but he was here in 2022. So, I mean, it was just a normal cap hit in 2022. It wasn't that big of a deal. So it's just really one year where you're paying a way too much money for any quarterback, and he's not even here, which is is sucky but what are we missing out on nothing and next year again he's off the books we have all the money in the world we can be massively aggressive in free agency if we so choose having a better understanding of what we need we got two first round picks maybe we need a quarterback i don't know we can go up and get one if we don't good freaking lord we have two picks and a bunch of money to load up on offense and defense so screw him he ain't gonna win a super bowl they might be successful. They might go to the playoffs. They're not better than the Bills and the Chiefs and the other AFC team. They're not better than the Eagles. I mean, maybe they will be. I don't know, but I just don't I don't think so. Again, half the teams in the NFL get into the playoffs. Are they at least better than half the teams, considering probably 60-70% of the teams in the NFL just aren't very good? Yes, of course they are. They're not even as good as the Packers over the last several years. 
Again, we'll see, but it's just it's just not going to happen. So he gets to go have fun over there. We don't have to worry about them. We're not playing them. We're not going to see them in the Super Bowl because neither team is going to be in the Super Bowl. If we're just being completely honest, yes, it's slightly possible for either, but it ain't going to happen. So he's off in his universe. We're in our universe. And I think on both sides, pretty good situation. So again, not super excited about how it went down. Gutekunst shouldn't have given him the contract. Rodgers shouldn't have handled pretty much anything he did the way that he did. But I think everybody's in a pretty good spot right now. And I genuinely think, even if Gutekunst had done the quote-unquote right thing, we might be in the wrong situation. We might be in a bad spot. So we're okay. Financially, we're okay. Draft-wise, we're unbelievable. Our, Our team is set up with nothing but young players, which is incredibly awesome when you're looking into the future. We're locked and loaded, baby. We're stocked up. The Jets aren't, but who gives a crap? They're happy because they never have success. They gave themselves a two-year window to be good at stuff. Best of luck with your two-year window. We've got a 10-year window. We've got a 20-year window. We're just looking into the infinities. We're looking to go on another 15-year run with another Hall of Fame quarterback if we can get it. And everybody's happy. The Jets are happy with their tiny little window because they haven't even seen it. They've been living in a... In a basement with no doors or windows for a long they're on a darkness retreat like rogers was in but they didn't do the the two or three days that rogers made it according to the person that owned the place they've been in that basement for what 10 years 15 years 20 how how, how long has it been since they've been like a, a viable franchise i know they've had some stints like oh it's a good defense maybe they even snuck into the playoffs once in a while but like when have they been a powerhouse in the afc like dude watch out for the jets when has anybody talked about the jets as super bowl contenders freaking joe namath times like what are we talking about here so, yeah, I mean, to, to some degree, again, everybody can be happy in this situation. Now, again, I'm still rooting against them because they're a competitor and they control where our draft pick goes and that those things are mutually exclusive. No, you can't root for Rodgers and root for a first-round pick. That's impossible. You kind of have to pick one. Pick Rodgers or your own team. I'm sorry you have to pick one, but you do. That's just called reality. But no, I think I think we're doing good, man. And I know to you know that there's fear that this year may suck or whatever and Bears fans are going to be cackling because if if we win 7 wins and they win 8, oh boy, it's going to be the end of the freaking world. But you know what? Our franchise is set up significantly better than probably any other team in the NFC North. Maybe not the Lions, but again, they're in kind of clunky territory. They've been building for a lot of years. They have yet to make the playoffs and again, I think they're starting to head on the other side of that hill. And you're not even playoff contenders yet. You don't even have a quarterback. Jared Goff isn't the future. So you got like one wide receiver, but everybody else kind of sucks. Although you got a rookie, but he hasn't played because he was injured. Now he's suspended. And we don't even know if he's good. You had some good running backs, but then you got rid of him. But then you got new ones. You don't have a defense. You got and, and you're also doing this dance where you're going out and getting free agents to try to supplement your issues, which is not a good situation to be in if you're actually like building for the future. So you're getting like these mediocre corners to replace the horrible corners. Like it's not the it's not great. Whereas you look at the Packers and it's just a different. It's like again we don't know who's good and who's not, but we got Jordan. That's the future. We got you know Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Ture, Wicks. It's it's all young guys. It's all future. Our entire offensive line, with the exception of David Bakhtiari, and we have another tackle. Yes, we can go out and get another one, but we're good for the future. All set. Running backs, Aaron Jones, not necessarily the future, but we got A.J. Dillon. And again, my confidence level in finding competent enough running backs, very high. Tight ends, boom, loaded up. Defense, are you freaking kidding me? I don't know how long Kenny's going to be around, but you know, you got Devontae Wyatt. We drafted two new defensive tackles this year. We got Rashawn. We got Lucas Van Ness. Preston's going to be around for a little while yet. Not like future, 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 but still future. Jair, Razul's kind of like Preston. I think he's going to be around for a little while. But either, even still, we got Stokes. Keyshawn's a young guy. We'll see what goes on with Savage. We got to address the safety position, but whatever. I mean, we have, a, we have a core of guys that could be here for 10 years already. Like, there's, I can look at the Lions and say, you don't have corners, and they can't dispute that. You don't really have safeties. You did draft a linebacker. Maybe you have one there. You don't have defensive tackles. You got one edge rusher. You don't really have a quarterback. I'm not, I'm not saying Goff isn't necessarily good enough. Maybe he is. I don't know. But he's not the future, man. You, you know you're going to... It's like Kirk Cousins. You know you have to replace him. And the Vikings, again, same situation. It's like they're in this weird, clunky territory where you're being propped up by a piece that needs to be replaced, and that's Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson's great. But you remove Kirk Cousins from that situation, you might just go to the bottom of the, ba- the basement if you mess that up. Because he's better than most quarterbacks, 
And I'm talking about starters. That's not even including the guys that get drafted and suck and can't even start. You draft a Trey Lance, you're done. You're cooked. It's over. We have a guy. Now, again, maybe he won't pan out, but we've already addressed the situation. So we're in a good spot right now. We got to see how it pans out. And again, maybe this isn't the best year. But I think the more long-term vision we have, the more satisfied we're going to be with our situation. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a, a panic about week one. And I'm going I'm, I'm to be a freaking basket case week one. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to con- control myself. But at the end of the day, the results of week one are not the results of the 2023 season. And the results of the 2023 season are not the results of this team. Which, again, this team is, is what it is for the next 10 years for the most part. Some of these guys will not be here. But the core of it will. And we're going to bring in so many more people in that time period to supplement whatever is going on. Which is a great thing because... Again, I'll finish with this and we'll get out of here. Just getting all excited here. One of the things I mentioned about the Lions is they're losing people faster than they're bringing them in. That's the same with the Vikings because of the age of a lot of their guys. It's hard to bring people in at the pace that you're getting rid of guys. Plus, you're supplementing so much with free agents that are not long-term solutions. You bring them in for a year, maybe two years, but then you got to replace them. So you got to replace the guys that are leaving. You got to replace the guys that are bad. You got to replace the free agents that are leaving because they're free agents and they're overpriced and it was a short-term thing to begin with. You, you can't bring in enough guys, especially when, we're, we're, I mean, you can get rid of seven and bring in seven, but you know of that seven, two of them are going to be starters. You went massively backwards, but we're going to be bringing in a lot of people and we're not losing a ton we, we, because we're so young. So, I mean, again, we're, we're in a fantastic position. Um, it really is just a matter of, of trying to get, I think, maximizing the amount of picks, especially early picks, because again, focusing on data more so than, uh, believing that we can just be wizards in the draft, that the best players are generally guys that are drafted early, right? First round, second round, and, and a little bit, it kind of tapers after that. That's what we know. So if you get Brian Gutekunst stacking up first round and second round picks, which we've had multiple firsts, we've had multiple seconds pretty much every year that he's been the GM. And it's paying off big time. Keep stacking picks. And even if it's mid-rounder, you know, we get a bunch of fourth-rounders, sixth-rounders, seventh-rounders. We, we just need to maximize the amount of people coming in and succeeding. And we're just going to have a powerhouse team. Get back to draft and develop. Get back to clean, solid, conservative cap management. And, and we're set. We're set. Yes, there's still a big question of quarterback. And if Jordan isn't the guy, then, then we have to go through a process of finding that guy. Maybe that's some kind of a big trade or acquisition. Maybe we, we, we find somebody in the draft. And if we're bad enough you know, to, to get a high pick, then, then that'll be the case. But again, the reason why that process matters is because that's the process that's going to make sure that you have sustained success. Maybe not the kind of success you have with, with a guy like Aaron Rodgers at the helm, but you're not going to go to the basement. And, and this is, again, this is the kind of thing that uh, Andrew Brandt and, and other people talk about. The Packers are never really, you should never expect them to go back to the basement. The, the teams that live in the basement are teams that are run like idiots. The entire point of the NFL is to just have this big cycle where you're at the bottom and then you slowly work your way up to the top and then from the top you work your way back down. But instead you still have teams stuck in the basement and teams stuck at the top. Why isn't there parity? It has to do with with running teams properly. And there are some teams that do it right and they tend to stay up and there are teams that refuse to do it right and they stay down. So if we can just keep Brian Gutekunst on the track of what we've had, what he's learned through his entire career, I have faith that this team will succeed. I can't promise you this year, but I, I believe that we will get right back on track very quickly. Much quicker than what you'll find with other teams. With that, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.